Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Out of the gate, ready to go. OutKick 360 is back. Monday, post-Super Bowl 56 edition from 6th and Peabody. Back in Nashville with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smokey Moonshine. Our entire crew is here. The studio is packed with Chad Withrow and Paul Kuharski. I'm Jonathan Hutton. Glad you're with us. Big show planned today, reacting to all things Super Bowl 56. The Rams win over the Bengals by three in what was a very compelling finish with Matthew Stafford leading the drive alongside the MVP Cooper Cup to go and take the go-ahead score and then Aaron Donald finished things off with Joe Burrow. Gentlemen, good afternoon. It was a fitting conclusion to what was an epic playoff season for the NFL. With so many games decided by seven or fewer points, so many games going down to the very last play. While this one didn't go down the last play, it was pretty close. Uh, and the Rams scoring uh, the way they did in the end, uh, it, was, it, it was a great game. I'll say this, it was a great finish. I wouldn't put it up there as an all-time great Super Bowl compared to some of the truly great games but it lived up to the hype in that it came down to the wire and the Rams get it done. I agree with that. I I think Cincinnati has a little bit more second-guessing to do than maybe some of the losers in the classic games of the earlier rounds, but that takes nothing away from the Rams' uh, great drive. It was a 15-play drive to go down there, find a way to win it, especially having lost Odell Beckham, uh, really put a lot on Cooper Cup, and people can't stop Cooper Cup. Um, it's it's remarkable. I know we're going to get deeper and deeper into it, but <clears throat> it was it was largely a two man game there down the end with Stafford and Cup, and um, I think the Bengals have a lot of regrets about their failure to stop Cooper Cup from winning this game. I gave bad advice on Friday. I said don't bet on a receiver to win MVP, and I'm surprised he did win it. Because uh, Joe, Joe Burrow's the first guy to throw uh, – sorry. Uh, Stafford. Stafford's the first guy to throw three touchdowns in a Super Bowl win, I think, to not win it. Well, I'm just surprised because normally the voters go with the quarterback. Right. But Cup was uh, absolutely deserving, and, and I think if you had to pick one dominant guy on a day where three guys, three stars for them, really showed up and got it done in the crunch moments – um, they delivered. And Donald didn't have a good first half, and Stafford had some shaky moments. But Cup, I don't think you'd find any moment in this game where he was called on where he didn't deliver. Well, there's a reason why I was uh, pushing for him to get the talk more than Jonathan Taylor this season. And ultimately, he doesn't get an MVP vote uh, when it's all said and done, where you can only vote for one person in the regular season, and it goes to, to Aaron Rodgers. But uh, this guy was far superior to what Jonathan Taylor was doing and in the clutch moments, we can go deeper, and, and we will, with, with Cooper Cup's ability and the rapport that he has with Matthew Stafford. But after three straight possessions where they didn't target their best player, 
they finally did when it mattered, and they, they won a title because of it, Chad. And I was amazed watching some of the, the post-game reaction and uh, in the, the press availability. Jesse Bates, the safety, uh, who had the great interception of Matthew Stafford in that game, he said, look, the entire game plan was to take Cooper Cup away. We wanted to make them play left-handed by not having the ability to just wear out Cooper Cup in the passing game. And even with that being the mindset late without Odell Beckham Jr., you couldn't stop him. I mean, they know exactly where that ball was going, and they could not stop Cooper Cup. It's a testament to him, the great season he had, the great game he had. On the flip side of that, Joe Burrow wasn't very good in this game. All the blame is going to be deflected away because the offensive line is so bad, and everyone knows exactly what priority number one is for Cincinnati moving forward is to give Burrow better protection. But I thought there were a couple times where he held the ball a little bit too long. His QBR was 39.7 in this game. A lot of that is because of the sacks. But he did exactly what we said. He didn't have the big turnover, right? Didn't throw an interception. Stafford throws two in this game but was still, he was good enough in every other way that the Rams were able to win. But I also, I don't see Burrow, not that he should be trashed for this game, but I think he could probably stand a little bit more criticism for a, a not very good performance in the Super Bowl. I think Zach Taylor deserves criticism to go too conservative with the four-point lead, played it like it was at least a seven-point lead, and the worst he was going to do was get tied. Um, and then, you know, there are four plays there or four scenarios after they get the interception, after they take the lead coming right out of half, they've got, if they, if they score another touchdown there, they really take control of the game. They didn't, um, then, then Boyd has the drop on a, on a third and nine where they could have extended a drive. That's the second lat to last Cincinnati possession. It would have got them maybe to fourth and one. It might've gotten them a first down. He clearly turns to look upfield before he's got the ball in his hand. And then... Uh, Let me tell you the difference between Boyd and Cooper Cup and yeah. players of that ilk well, sure. on that play. The dude made a business decision. He short-armed that thing yeah, knowing he was he about to get, get hit. Get now look at caught. Cooper Cup getting blasted in the, the back, back of the, the end, end zone and catching it. It wasn't a touchdown because he never got two feet down. His back landed out of bounds. He held on to the ball, took the hit, which was an offsetting penalty on that play because... There was a hold uh, on the uh, on Havenstein, the offensive lineman for uh, for L.A. But that's a big difference between great players and good players. And then the last and possession, Boyd's a good player. And then the last possession, I I don't want to hear from Taylor. I thought we could steal a first down there with Perrine uh, at third and one. Give it to Mixon. I, this is the biggest two two snaps of your life, and you're talking about stealing a first down with your third down back who has carried once before in the game. Before you get to the fourth down play that's too long developing that ends the game, they don't I, use I don't him. like that. They don't use him in that way. There, there were Yesterday, there were four separate third and one and a fourth and one scenarios where Joe Mixon either didn't get the ball or wasn't on the field. Yeah, that, I, don't, I don't like it. If you're, I don't like, like in, in a crucial third and one or fourth and one for Los Angeles, they got the ball to Cup, who's their best player. And on a crucial third and one, for Cincinnati, they're giving the ball to a second string at best running back who's not dangerous. Well, I thought I, I didn't think Burrow was uh, terrible. I just thought no, the, game, the game plan played into the Rams' defense's hands. And and I will say, for a good portion of this game, Cincinnati was on its way to victory. Oh, I thought so. Cincinnati too. was the tougher team, and quite frankly, the Rams aren't that tough. 
They've got Aaron Donald up front, but I mean, you can push them around some, especially when they're trying to run the football and they did and could. Cincinnati couldn't. ran. And you can well. also you can also run it against them, even when you're not having the success on the scoreboard. You can run it against them and use that to your advantage. I thought Cincinnati played into the Rams' hands far too often. Uh, there was a crucial second down play on the final series where it's second and one. They decide to take a shot. Uh, instead, you know, it, instead of just getting the first down and continuing to methodically move the drive, uh, we can second guess all we want there. But for the most part, Cincinnati was playing okay. Their their defense did a nice job in that game. Rams defense did did the same. Um, and I thought it was a, a great battle to determine the the champion last night. That ten zero run to start the second half, you know, to make it twenty to thirteen. I, I fully expected Cincinnati to win. The way they've been playing, over like and, and it just Kansas felt City. like okay, this is a. It sounds cheesy, but a team of destiny. The way they scored on one play to start the second half, then they get the quick turnover and they kick a field goal and they're up seven. Well, that's I'm the thinking, reason they lost. They're going to go on and win. Yeah, not getting a touchdown there was huge. Um, Michelle Tafoya said it in the open. Also, the Aaron Donald quote to her before the game that said, "If my teammates think like me, we're going to win this game. It's that simple. If they think like me going into this game, we're going to win that game." Hutton, you said the Rams aren't necessarily tough. Aaron Donald clearly is tough. And the fact that Sean McVay is sitting there on the sideline, and when they went shotgun, and they were in a pass look, he said to himself, and I said the same thing watching, Aaron Donald's going to make a play right here on that fourth and one. I don't know if he's going to get there, but he is going to affect this play. He is going to beat whatever double team they throw at him. He's going to get in the backfield. He is going to affect this fourth and one, one way or the other. McVay knew it. Aaron Donald knew it. I knew it watching from my recliner. And the guy still got in there and made the play. And here's how special Burrow is. I thought he was going to complete the pass still. I did too. When he got slung around and he got it rid of it, and P. Ryan was right there, if P. Ryan wasn't breaking back, it was so quick, he was turning back out of his route. If he would have been set and looking forward, he probably could have made a diving attempt at that end-over-end pass as he's getting slung to the ground. It was a remarkable effort by Burrow, but Aaron Donald wins. Donald made an incredible play, but what's Quentin Spain doing there? He, he didn't do his part to try to do anything to stop the incredible play. He, he disappeared. Well, Quentin Spain didn't disappear. Quentin Spain was Quentin Spain. Paul. Yeah, no, I agree. But Quentin Spain He's and, no Aaron and Donald. a lot of those guys, at, in the first half, they did serviceable work. Aaron Donald didn't affect the game in the first half. In the, in the second half, at the most crucial moment, he couldn't even put a body in, in front of Aaron Donald, you know, which is all you'd ask him to do is, is buy Burrow a beat, and instead he, he runs out of the play. Well, and look, the floodgates opened up. When the, sec- when the first sack happened in the second half, it was one after the other from that point on. Some of it was game plan a little bit in the first half also uh, in limiting Aaron Donald and, and the plays they were calling. But it, wasn't, it wasn't the best performance by Zach Taylor, um, it wasn't the best performance by the Rams. Yeah, I felt like we got a really satisfying game because the conclusion was so good, but at no point was I watching and thinking, this team's firing on all cylinders outside of maybe the Rams quickly getting that what should have been 14-3 to lead before the dropped hold on the extra point where it was 13-3. to But outside of that, I don't, I, there was the moment there where Cincinnati had some breaks go their way, but I never really thought either team was was great 
and playing at the top of their capability in that game. And I just wish, too, uh, like in terms of wishing for the perfect game, and I know the face mask on Higgins' touchdown was a bad miss, but it was such a a flag-free game, generally speaking, and then you get down at the end, and all of a sudden the flags are flying. I thought uh, uh, Logan Wilson played a terrific game, and he didn't need to commit the foul that he committed against Cooper Cup, which is probably getting called even in a – let's not throw flags game. Uh, but the pass was behind cup and he was going to knock it down, whether he got hands on cup early or not. So hindsight being perfect, you know, if he doesn't touch him, he knocks it down and, and they live for another down there instead of a first down on the four, that pass was from the eight. And then there were what? Three flags. Boom, boom, boom. Let me jump in on that because this has me pissed off for greatness. Jalen Ramsey's not going to get any sympathy from anyone. Okay. I understand that. He puts himself out there. He makes a ton of money. He's brash. He's arrogant. All of that. But my fundamental problem is that that is normally not called. That was a face mask on T. Higgins to turn his head and force him to fall down. And it was an easy touchdown. And I'm watching it and I'm thinking, it is absolutely a penalty on Higgins. And it is absolutely never called on the offensive player. But then we're talking about Logan Wilson, the other side. Well, that's one that's always going to get called. Well, Why? Figure that part out because it can't be so lopsided where the offense can grab a face mask and turn a guy and it's not called and then you get a little bit of contact early playing defense and it's called every single time against great receivers. I would have been okay with that not being called. The the reason everybody's okay with it is because it's Jalen Ramsey who does nothing but runs his mouth and makes a ton of money. He's a great player, but if it's anyone else, there's probably a lot more woe is me on that play. Also, Jalen Ramsey is lucky that his teammate Aaron Donald bailed him out because this was not a good game for him. Oh, he gave he up was the huge a disaster for chase. him. He was a disaster. Well, he the good news was Eli players. Apple played for the other team. Yeah, yes, Eli Apple doesn't even turn his oh, head. Oh, and speaking of defensive backs, Vernon Hargraves. What is that? I mean, come on. My wife was going berserk. That is one where that is spend more time on talking about the player's name and discussing how idiotic that is in a yeah. Super Bowl. Uh, that. That is one thing. I'll always remember that from the Super Bowl. Oh, that's the game where Vernon Hargraves ran on the field to celebrate. A guy not in He uniform. wasn't just like in the, you know, he wasn't in the end zone, you know, as someone with a pass right he there to go hit a two. He goes from midfield to the end zone to celebrate. Idiotic. That was so Not bad. in uniform. It's not like he was wearing clothes that blended in with the uniform either. I mean, he's in tan stuff. And they're in black I'm not, jerseys. He's not in tan stuff. He's in flip-flops and socks and uh, shorts. He I mean, had the hoodie up. Yeah, he's got a hoodie on. And it's like he was trying to disguise he's not himself. Even, he's not with even a dressed up. for the game and still manages to get yeah. a taunting penalty in the end zone. It was awful, awful. Very Florida Gator of him. Also, that was a very Florida Gator moment for him. Uh, did they did they keep him in the locker room at halftime? Because they if they didn't, the chances are. I mean, he's he's dumb enough to get a second penalty. <laughs> that was really. Although stupid. I couldn't tell if it was when they flashed to him on the sideline, if it was a look of um, regret. And remorse on the sideline or just real <laughs> stupidity on his face where maybe he, this guy might do it again. I'm kind of looking into his eyes when they're focusing in on him thinking he seems pretty quiet, like he knows he's really messed up and maybe he's remorseful. <laughs> and then I keep looking, I'm thinking, or maybe that's just a really blank look on his face I and he like doesn't know see, what just happened. I would like to see the, the video of the coach talking to him, whoever goes over there. I would presume it's the cornerback coach or maybe the security guy. Who draws that straw and has to go over and say, "Dude, what are you doing?" There's no. I've, I've, what do you say to him? I've never coached you at a high level. You can't do that. 
I've never coached at a high level, but what I say is go to the locker room. Yeah. I don't even scream at him. I'm like, just get out of here. Dude, go. Not playing. You're going to watch the rest of the game on one of those TV monitors in the locker room. You're out of here. It's that simple. You're an inactive player who just cost us 15 yards. Go. And then I would get a security guard to walk him out if he didn't leave. And I'd turn right back around and continue to coach the players who were dressed out. And I'd say, if we <laughs> that are win, playing in the football game, I'd say, go. It's not an issue you think you're going to have in a Super Bowl. You say, go. And then you turn back and you go, by the way, if we win, you're not coming to the party. Uh, well, then uh, who cares? At that point, you probably, you know, spray champagne on each other and have a big time. No, I want him out. Hit us up on Twitter at Outkick360 is where you can find us and across the Outkick network at Outkick.com. Uh, coming up, we get into Matthew Stafford and Joe Burrow, and we'll dive deeper into Cooper Cup uh, a little bit later in the show. But we discuss Matthew Stafford and the significance of the Super Bowl victory as he's traded to L.A. and hoist the Lombardi Trophy last night. That's next on OutKick 360. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Matthew Stafford delivered in the clutch throughout the entire Rams playoff run, not just last night on the 15-play drive. Stafford delivered in the postseason, and the postseason for the Rams started last January when they made the trade to acquire Matthew Stafford, um, and it, it led to them winning the Lombardi Trophy on February 13th. Uh, guys, it was it, a great notch in the byline or the bio for Stafford's career. He's got the title, and he does it not just by playing well, and in one game, and then you know, winning on a kick and a, a sloppy performance one week, and then a run game gets you there the next week. The Rams did it in the clutch in the fourth quarter with Stafford stepping up and delivering some tight window throws and some you know, just clutch performances with clock management and everything else. Uh, it, you know, the Tampa Bay finish comes to mind. Uh, the, the way that they came out firing against the, the Arizona defense to start everything in the wild card weekend. He has the fourth quarter performance against San Francisco when they trailed. They trail last night in the Super Bowl. He leads the big drive late. Um, props to him because he delivered in the clutch. And a lot of times, guys in that moment play small. Stafford did the opposite. It's also impressive because they had no running game the, the whole night. Uh, you knew exactly what he was going to have to do. And that was fit the ball into Cooper Cup. So often you look at a super team, and that's what the Rams really were, the way they, they formed this team. It, it was a super team. And you say, oh, well, he's also a product of all these great players around him. But Odell Beckham Jr. goes out early, probable ACL tear that we know now. And then you've got no running game to speak of, and that's what Sean McVay, that's how he, he made his bones as a play caller, was this power run game with play action mixed in type attack. They had none of that. He had Cooper Cup. I mean, it was Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup going to work without Odell Beckham Jr. Cincinnati knew what was coming. The Rams knew what they needed to do, and Stafford made it work. I think that's the impressive part. And going back to that divisional game where they give up the huge lead 
And it looks like it's going to be one of the all-time choke jobs in not just the NFL, but all the sports. And what happened? He lays one out for Cooper Cup in the biggest moment. We were all bemoaning the fact that how does Tampa let Cooper Cup go single covered and get behind a safety in that moment? But that's just, a, it but speaks to the greatness of those two guys together. There was a play across the middle of that game prior to that deep pass that, that Stafford made that was Great perfect. Window. I mean, threading the needle. And he did it last night, too. And it's not the touchdown throws. It's to get them into either field goal range or touchdown range that end up being the deciding plays on drives that keep things alive and get the chunk yardage. He's also scored. a no-look pass. Uh, he's looking a little bit to his right as oh, he yeah. releases that. And, and he, threw one of those, that. he threw one of those uh, when playing for the Lions against the Titans. These four playoff games, 70%, nine touchdowns, only three picks, 108.27 rating. I mean, that's, that's high-caliber play at the most important moments. We've talked about some quarterbacks who we don't believe could do that over the course of four games. And it's not just having your one moment. Uh, it's sustaining it for a month. And you're going to have to now in this day and age, unless you have the buy, and the buy is, is a rarity, right? Yeah. You're going to have to have a sustained stretch of success. And that's a sustained stretch of success. Three times as many touchdowns as interceptions. Um, an ability when things go badly, like Odell Beckham gets hurt and he had 50 yards on, what, three catches before that bad step on, on turf takes him out of it, <clears throat> where he consistently found ways through the ups and downs of a game, but ultimately, and then delivers on the big drive at the end of the game. And that's ultimately what you need. In, in games like we saw through much of this playoffs, you have to just be the guy that delivers at the end and is the last man standing, and he did that consistently and in the biggest game. Last night, Sean McVay becomes the youngest head coach ever to win a Super Bowl. Stafford, of course, gets his ring and, and delivers throughout the postseason. Uh, Cooper Cup with Odell Beckham Jr. sideline, he gets MVP. And then Aaron Donald, three-time defensive player of the year, uh, seals the deal late and points to the ring finger, uh, getting his ring. Um, flip side, Joe Burrow, um, listening to his press conference, a, a very it was a very different demeanor from the Bengals locker room than what I expected. I was in Atlanta when New England beat beat LA, um, what three years ago, and of course that was the golf Super Bowl. But the you know, Aaron Donald's talking, and there is this look of, I uh, mean, they're they're just broken because they missed out on their opportunity. And at that time, I think they only scored what three points. Thirteen to three, I think, was the final of that game. Um, ugly game. They, yeah, a very ugly game. But but you look at the scoreboard, and you think we we only allow thirteen points, and when we lose this game, and it was a drive towards the end where Brady went to Gronk, um, that ultimately got them to the end zone and and put them up by ten, but. I, I compare it to what Cincinnati was like, and it was more, not that, hey, we're going to be back next year, but Burrow, he actually mentioned McVay, um, and he said, I, I remember listening to McVay discuss not enjoying the, the ride along the way and not enjoying the fact that they had made it to that Super Bowl and focusing too much on the loss rather than the path to get there. And he goes, that's what I'm going to do. I'm, I'm, there are some victories along the way, even though we didn't win tonight. I found that intriguing because when you've got your quarterback saying that, 
I think that sets up the rest of the team, and and they kind of all echoed that same feeling. I mean, th- this is an offense that scored seven offensive touchdowns in four playoff games. That's it. And they're, they're, uh, they're anointed as one of the top teams in the AFC coming back. They put up 28 points on offense uh, through, through the end zone, through Burrow's arm or through the rushing game. And we know they stand um, to get a lot better with offensive line attention and now maybe some cor- cornerback attention. Yeah, but this wasn't, this wasn't the type of offense that I think is worth immediately anointing as the head of the AFC. Um, you, you they know had it, a lot of things fall in their favor. They didn't turn the football over. They turned it over two times. That's why they made it where they made it. They scored seven touchdowns the entire way. So Armando Salguero at Outkick wrote a great piece on um, what I mentioned last week. You know, Joe Burrow could be Dan Marino. He could be a great quarterback who this is his last chance in year two to make it to this game. Aaron Rodgers in year three, as Armando writes, made it to the Super Bowl and won. It has not been back since. Uh, Drew Brees made it one time and, and won. There's no guarantee he's going to get back. You know, the thought is, boy, they're so young. That team is young. They've got a lot of cap room. They're going to get another shot in this big game, and that may not happen. And that's what they struck me as, a team that was happy to be there in that game, that was happy to have gone on this run, that deep down probably knew they were not going to win that game uh, and would have been shocked if they had. That's what I took from the postgame comments. That was not necessarily the Joey Burrow swagger that we saw throughout the postseason uh, with the way he spoke postgame. And I also think it's just a different level of urgency on the other sideline where the Rams, it was going to be a complete bust had they not won that game. And that's the way they treated the playoffs. Well, I I also heard Burrow. I mean, the swagger of Burrow was there for sure. Um, Reading the transcript and watching everything that was put out there. I mean, he's saying like nothing's guaranteed. This was a grind and we we just didn't capitalize in in the last game and it sucks. But he's not immediately thinking about, well, it, this, this season is a wash. I, I, I think he recognizes that the opportunities are few and far between because he says, look, we'd like to be here every year. We didn't win it this time, and there's no guarantee for anything moving forward. Um, he didn't blame anything on his knee. You know, he's asked about his knee and, and the, the way he got hit uh, multiple times in the, in the postgame presser. I don't know. It was a it was a different vibe, but it wasn't a happy to be here vibe. I mean, Cincinnati, you could point to the fact that they I mean they could easily win that game last night, and they were in it in the fourth quarter with a chance to go uh, I, take the lead. I, think I, I don't he did think well. They I, didn't come across as a team that was just happy to I be there. I agree. I think he can't, he did well to downshift after the game and and find perspective quickly. Um, but I I don't think they were just happy to be there. And I'm saying I, I'm not guaranteeing they get back either. Of course not. I'm just saying, look how well they did considering they scored a lot at the end of the regular season. They were pretty damn good offensively at the end of the regular season to win the division and to get in. And then look how well they did despite not playing as well as they could have. I think you give them better offensive line. I think you give them better cornerbacks, which are two clear areas of focus. And I think Zach Taylor's proven, maybe not last night, but to be a pretty smart coach who I think will coach them more smartly going forward. Burrow learned a lot. Chase learned a lot. I think they will be a team that's in the mix for years to come, up up and down, not going to be great every year, but they'll have opportunities. Now, whether they can create those opportunities and go to the Super Bowl with them remains to be seen. Well, the key is now, and when I say happy to be there, you know, I think of the 98 Dirty Bird Falcons. Uh, That was a city and a team that was happy to be there, and they did nothing after that with that group. They need to avoid that. Yeah. They need to be the Colts. 
The Colts were a terrible organization, and Peyton Manning got there, and they, they had to get a lot. They didn't go as far as Burrow did as quickly, but they had a lot of disappointments along the way leading up to breaking through and winning a Super Bowl. Cincinnati's got to put themselves in that discussion and be in the playoffs annually to be the Colts. Maximize and to me, that would be the goal. You'd want to win more than one Super Bowl, but getting one form. Super Bowl for Cincinnati, now going 0-3 in the Super Bowl, that, that's the goal. But if they can constantly put themselves in the mix and continue to get back to the playoffs every year, that's, that's the beginning of something big. You want to be the Colts with Manning, you don't want to be the Dirty Bird Falcons. Yeah, you can't be the one-off like Chicago with Grossman or, you know, there were a bunch of... Uh, yeah, but see, that, that, there's the difference, though, Paul, and I know you agree with this. Like, the, the reaction to Burrow winning it versus losing it last night is virtually the same today. I mean, they're, they're already in the mix for next year. The topics are about where are the Bengals compared to the Chiefs and the Bills because Joey Burrow is leading this organization. Now, I mean, even prior to the game, he was being compared to Brady. Albert Breer mentioned Brady and, and Joe Burrow in the same breath with us two weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, they're not doing that with Rex Grossman. No. They were maybe with Cam Newton when Carolina went once. Let's, um, I, I propose tomorrow. When he's an MVP caliber quarterback. Tomorrow we, uh, we look at props for next year's Super Bowl yeah. winner, maybe our top three, and make some, That's good. put some money down. Uh, but I, I think the, the conversation is not the same for Stafford if he loses that game. He's not, I, I think there's more optimism with Burrow because of the 10 year gap in career. Oh, sure. It's got you know, a long like, time. Oh, you know, it, it, the, the guys will be back. But you, if you think about, you know, the, the recent runs, and, and Chad just ran through some of the, the quarterbacks who have only been there once. Um, it is a hard path, especially as we start to, you know, think about how difficult the AFC looks right now. And that's before any offseason big moves have been made uh, with some of the quarterbacks who could be obtained this offseason to join the mix. Join so I the think fray. a lot of people were rushing Stafford into the Hall of Fame last night. I think what he does over the next four or five years is really going to determine his legacy. There are a lot of holes in that resume still because he was with a bad team. Um, but what the Rams do from here in the Stafford era of the Rams can really significantly rewrite his resume. He did a great he job. Started, of, started it last night. Yeah, I mean, he can only he can only do what he did throughout this playoff run. He was going to be judged based on the postseason, and the guy was remarkable. He was fantastic. He didn't for the guy who was going to make the bad play, and he he he's known for throwing those picks and the one in the end zone. The bad it, throw, but it, it amounted it, to a punt. It's a punt. It's third and sixteen. You know, and you can tell he's frustrated. They're going to commercial break, and they cut to him ripping off the chin strap because. Uh, Jefferson didn't come back and fight for the football. Not he just all. watched it. Yeah. Um, there, there's some, you know, some of that is some give and take, but interceptions, are interceptions. But he didn't make the crucial turnover, the crucial mistake, or the errant pass. Well, the first was, interception really would good. have been a lot worse had Cincinnati done better with it. Aaron Donald helped bail him out of that one with an 11-yard sack that really hurt the Bengals in their response drive after they got that. If they had scored back-to-back -to -back touchdowns there to open the second half, yes. those extra four points I think would have been – I don't know about putting them away, but it would have really put them on the front foot there. 
And, and, and then Taylor playing like he had a bigger lead would have made sense because he would have had a bigger lead yeah, I instead just, of four points. And maybe it's some of Taylor's play calling late. I just felt the sense of urgency. I felt it from the Rams' sideline. I didn't feel it from Cincinnati. No, up four, they even, were playing even like on the they final were up a drive, Even on least. fourth and one. I mean, Aaron Donald's sprinting onto the field, immediately getting the crowd up, you know, first one out there. There was just a... There was a different sense from the Rams when they were down that you knew they were going to go score, and then you knew somehow they were going to get the stop. And I felt like Cincinnati was almost just trying to run. You know, they were trying to run the clock out too early. Yeah, and they it's had like played let's speed this defense. thing up and get to the fairy tale ending. And there wasn't the same sense I got from Cincinnati. They had played good defense, the Bengals, but I think they were overcounting on the fact that the Rams weren't going to do anything more, and that that's just asking too much. Well, uh, what they did, I mean, the, consider the Bengals punted four straight possessions and they're still up 20 to 16 and the Rams had to go on a 15 play drive and had to have a lot of things go right. fit perfectly to go win the game. So the, the Bengals didn't play perfect, but I think they played a style that's capable of beating the Rams. We saw that firsthand from but the Tennessee they were Titans. Too, too conservative, too conservative in the second half, sitting on a four point lead. And if you can just move the football on some short yardage, I mean, it goes back to some short yardage plays, wow. but you know, for a, for a team that's really bad at pass protection, they don't run it all that much. And normally that's a formula or a remedy for bad pass protection. An offensive line who can't block can normally drive someone off the line and get you three or four yards. And the Bengals couldn't do that. Well, they're, the, they're in a massive need of an overhaul. They should have picked up the third and one. Uh, it was a great play by Donald pulling uh, the running back back. I think it was Mixon on the no, third. It was, was it was it Piran? Yeah, yep. which so I pull, hate pulling Piran back on the play. But I'm still watching that, thinking he should have picked up the first down. There were a couple times in short yardage too where the Rams running back, whether it be Michelle or Acres, did a terrible job of getting lower and picking up an extra half a yard when they had a chance. 1.7 yards a carry? 1.9. So there, yeah. there have been Matthew five. Stafford, by the way, continues to be one of the worst quarterback sneak quarterbacks so I've they, ever seen on, the, on their one attempt. So do you, uh, when that happened in real time, and I know they had a timeout uh, and Taylor used it, but I, I'm thinking, oh, they're trying to force the timeout. I don't know why you call a quarterback sneak with Stafford thinking it's going to be executed past the goal And it wasn't just a yard, right? And, and, it was instead, a, to use a timeout. Yeah, it was like kind of like a two-point conversion. It was like two, yeah. two and a half yards out where they called it, and he may have gotten a half a yard, maybe. Yeah, Stafford sneaking the football is not – he's no There's Brady. a lot they of came things back that to guy the replay. does well. They said, Quarterback sneak is not one of them. They came back to the replay, and they said, let's see how close this is. I said, this is not close. Why no. are you saying it like that? No. They did, to their credit, I mean, say after they replayed, oh, it wasn't close. I mean, he's running they're, – they're calling to play to score. I'm not saying they're not trying to get the touchdown. Yeah, it's not. What, I, what I'm saying is, if you call a quarterback sneak with Stafford at the goal line, you're, you have another play ready to go. Yeah. Because it, it's, there's going to be another play after it. Um. So going back to the run game, the Rams average 1.9 yards per carry in the Super Bowl. There have been five teams that have averaged less than two yards per carry all time in the history of the Super Bowl by the end of the game. And the Rams are the only team to win a game doing that. The Bengals did a nice job defensively. Both both defenses played well. I think that says something about where the league is now. Um you know, I wrote a piece this morning about where the uh, – I do this every year, where the Titans compare to the Super Bowl champ. Yeah. You know, the Titans are run-built. But I, I don't know about a run-built team anymore because you can win the Super Bowl averaging 1.7 yards a game now. You don't have to well, run to win. you got to oh. have a great defense. Raheem Morris did a really good job. He'll be with them at least one more year, which really is nice. Good. 
Raheem yeah, Morris that's, was That's awesome. the big part of it. Let's also say this, though. I don't think you can take every single championship game and pin it to a wall and say, here's the formula. Oh, no. And the reason for that is, uh, it, I think coaches would also say, don't turn it over and protect your quarterback. And this year, the leader in interceptions and the the quarterback who was sacked the most, Are in both the, of those guys played for the title. Yeah, no, it, it's a so funny you, So a funny let's thing. go ahead and chalk that up, too. Let's let's repeat that, too. No. Have a quarterback who throws the most pass and most uh, interceptions or gets sacked the most. And You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Your championship caliber. Yeah. No, you don't build yourself that way for sure. But, but like, you look at the body of work. Like I said, Stafford, ultimately, nine touchdowns, three interceptions. That's the kind of play you need. And, and the weapons, both those teams with the weapons. And that's, that's the impressive thing about L.A. They lost Odell Beckham after they lost Woods. Mm. They lose Odell Beckham during this game and do it almost single-handedly with Cup. Meanwhile, when I've been talking about the tight ends, they're down to Brad Hopkins' son, who's their fourth tight end. Bryson Hopkins. And he, he had a pretty good game, made some nice contributions. Them. Well, and to piggyback on that, the court, the team who turned it over two more times won the game. The team who couldn't run it won this game, just in the individual matchup. Not just those stats about the guy who threw the most picks versus the guy who got sacked the most reaching the big game. But in the end, seven sacks on Burrow, six in the second half, and the, a play that wasn't even a sack ends the and, game. Uh, offensive line issues in the Super Bowl chances on the final possession for Cincinnati. Coming up, we'll discuss the play of the game and then the players beneath the surface for the Rams who scored a huge victory in Super Bowl 56. That's next on Outkick 360. One thing struck me during the... Yeah, I think it was the ESPN post-game yesterday from Super Bowl 46. Outkick 360 rolls on from 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Good to be back in Music City from Los Angeles. Um... Cooper Cup and Matthew Stafford making the rounds, the car wash of all the networks, and they're on with uh, Berman and Steve Young. and uh, Paul's Cup. favorite, Chris Carmel. Uh, one thing struck me, too. Berman's still on it. Yep. And he was pretty good last night with his questions as well. Um, but the, the thing that, that struck me is Cup saying, yeah, the, the no-look pass is one of the best I've seen because we've – We've worked on it some, we've seen it some, but none to that extent. And he's, he's saying, like, we've worked on it in practice, and Stafford does it here and there, but it's the best no-look pass. And, and, and it struck me, not only was Cooper Cup expecting it, like, the, the no-look pass is beautiful. Like, it, it's the thread, the needle, awesome. Stafford holds it at just the right moment on the no-look where the linebacker just breaks his hips just ever so slightly, and then he, he releases, he pulls the trigger. Cup's ready for it and makes the big play. And it got me thinking, like, how many, how many wide receiver quarterback tandems are there like that in the NFL? There aren't many. And now actually put into the fact that how many quarterback wide receiver tandems have been together for 
just a little over a year and can pull that off. I think that's them and no one else. Rodgers and Adams have come up together. Yeah. Mahomes and Kelsey the same way. Their instant chemistry is incredible. And and he got really, you know, Odell Beckham Jr. was great through the playoffs. Once he got going there, really good chemistry with Stafford also. I'm struck on that play when you look behind the quarterback at that camera angle. You have an underneath route that's open, at least more open than Cup appears to be. To Hopkins. On the pass. And I would have a really hard time Throwing something where you're going to look really stupid if you throw a pick on that play, right? Like the yeah, no I, look aspect of it. I but think the, he's waiting on the linebacker. Yeah, the trust, the trust factor to go to cut, but just watching it from my, it's like, oh, here's the easy play. You know, it's almost like Ryan Tannehill's interception in a triple coverage, and there's someone right in front of them. If he completed it, you look like a genius that knew all along your guy was going to get open at some spot or whatever. But that play to cup. It's, the, it's not blind trust because they've worked on it a lot, but the trust in Cup isn't open when, he's, when he breaks, but he knows he's going to get open beyond the play, and you're throwing a no-look pass to a guy who's not open when there's a guy, I don't know, 8, 10 yards down the field who's open on the play. That's the remarkable part of the play to me when you watch it from the quarterback's perspective behind the play in that end zone camera angle. They showed very good examples last night of Stafford, and there was stuff on Twitter, too, about how Stafford always starts away from where he's winding up and how good he is at that. I wonder if the next level of that is for defensive backs to just presume that. He's starting looking there, always coming to me. How do you defend it? Well, you jump stuff on the, on the other side. Um I, I don't want to diminish Stafford here in the relationship with Cup. I just feel like about Cup that he would, with any high-quality NFL quarterback, I'm not giving him the bottom half of the league, but with a top-12 quarterback in the league, I bet he has that relationship with any of them in a year. Well, he still had 100 catches with Jared Goff. Yeah. but that, I think he's just that Not guy. in these moments. I, 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 don't, I think for all the, all the naysayers about Stafford, there are not many quarterbacks who are pulling that off with that precision. Again, he he makes the no-look pass look easy. That in and of itself is very Mahomes-esque, right? Josh Allen-esque. But he also pulls the trigger right as the linebacker's hip turn. Like, he's he's waiting on it. And again, he's not looking at the linebacker either. He knows the timing of it. That, that's the point I'm, I'm making. He's not staring down the linebacker. He's looking to his right at the corner who's trying to come up and make the play on Hopkins. And as the linebacker twists the hips you know, and flips them, he, he flips that no-look pass. So it, it's a, it was amazing. It's got to be a clock thing, right? It's, or it's not a peripheral vision thing either. He's looking but so beyond, far I mean, beyond that, him. how many – I mean, again, there are several tandems, duos, but not many like that, that you can just methodically drive down the field and go get it at the end on a 15 play drive where it's all where you haven't targeted your best player and then you lock in with him. I mean, it's, it's a Brady Edelman type performance. Brady can do it with Gronk. Uh, certainly Rogers and Adams can do it. Mahomes can do it with a couple different guys on his offense. We've seen Josh Allen lock in too, but uh, uh, there's not many quarterbacks out there that they're doing it with their, with their top weapon. It's also a really good lesson because I, I was reading quotes about Cooper Cup leading up to this game and three different people, one coach, one player, and I think in a piece about him, a former coach from, uh, from Eastern Washington that described him as, as such. He prepares like a quarterback. 
Every week he prepares like the quarterback would with a game plan where he knows every route, he knows every position. There's a lot of guys in the league that, that know that, but that's a great compliment of work ethic to pay a guy. And that's the, the guy that the quarterbacks are going to trust right off the bat, even if he wasn't the best receiver on the team, which he is. You're going to have more trust in that guy knowing he's going to be exactly where I need him to be because he's preparing just like me for the game. And for the winning touchdown, that, that's not the spot he lines up. He, that, that he was in Odell Beckham's spot. Now, I mean, we, I think we expect most of the top wide receivers in the game to be able to line up in all three spots. But, you know, you're practicing very precisely for this game and this game plan. Um, so it, it's, it's something substantial when you flip to another spot on the biggest play of the game, biggest play of the season. Big wins last night for all of the Rams involved here, but Andrew Whitworth gets his Super Bowl. Now he's retiring, you would expect. Eric Weddle who had quite the wore the green dot and got hurt early. got hurt comes back into the game um and we know he's retired yeah he said post played every snap never even left the game after right. after it looked like he may have partially separated his shoulder the way he was grabbing he was and not pain. moving his arm he tore when he his got pec. he said he, he tore his pec okay. post game tore his pec and didn't didn't miss a snap yeah post game incredible it was i mean now he goes out a champion Yvonne Miller who's now a two-time Super Bowl champion and has multiple sacks in both Super Bowls, Super Bowl 50 for the Broncos. And you look ahead to 56 for what he did last night for the Rams. Uh, and, of course, uh, the impact of Odell Beckham Jr., who had a huge impact in the first half prior to getting hurt. He gets his championship all around. Plenty of great storylines for Los Angeles. We'll pick up there as we start hour number two. What the Rams accomplished, the all-in model, and how many can actually follow their path and what they did. That's next to now Kick 360.